Welcome back to another episode of Bitches Love Brunch. This is your co-host, Kiana. I am back for my third episode this season. It's my little air horn. Very excited. The air horn is getting better, okay? The air horn is giving. But I'm so excited to come back on this episode. Um, Now, as you guys know, I've been bringing all of my homies with me as I go throughout this season. I'm super excited that you guys had an opportunity to hear from my good friend, Owen Patterson, the third full name. Um, But Owen, as you guys know, if you listen to the episode, he is a personal trainer slash wellness coach based out of Washington, D.C. And he blessed us with a wonderful conversation. Uh, We talked about our journey from our friendship from undergrad to where we are now and our adulthood. Owen is an entrepreneur now. He's married. We talked about, you know, just growing up and going through grief together too. That's something that we've done together as a family. Um, and so I appreciate Owen. Owen, come back on the show anytime, whenever you want to, forever friend of the show. And if you didn't have a chance to listen, take a listen. Talk. We talk more about, you know, what physical health means to our community, nutritional health, all of those different things and how that sometimes can plague us or, can be a gift to us if we should if we so choose to see it that way. So take take a listen. Take a listen. And now on this episode, I'm excited because I have one of my really good friends with me from Nashville. Um I can't even give her a full introduction because she's gonna have to introduce herself and all of the many things that she does. But my friend Tiffany is joining us today. Hey Tiffany. Hello. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm good, sis. You have no idea. This makes my heart so happy that I get to spend this time with you. Same. Oh my gosh. I always love chatting with you. It's so fun. So thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. I mean, and this was such like a last minute plug because Tiffany is not that Tiffany. I think of Tiffany last minute. I think of Tiffany first because Tiffany's actually a producer of the show. Um, So Tiffany (laughs) knows about Sometimes I know about the things. Back on behind the scenes, just a little bit. Right. You know what I mean? The woman running the things behind the scenes. (laughs) Tiffany and I, our conversations are never dull. And we were catching up the other day, and I was like, Tiffany, I have to make space for you on this show. Like it's it has to happen. The people have to hear the silliness that we get into. We have to do it. (laughs) We have a good time. We do. Oh my gosh. It's always a Ever good time. since the moment we connected. Yes, literally. Oh my God. Day one. Like it's been Ever a key since, since the moment we connected. And we can get into how we met. Um before we do that, I didn't want to pass the mimosa. So that is where we share what we're drinking on the show. Like in brunch. Order your drinks, guys. What are you drinking, Tiffany? Yes, yeah, so I have a mustard latte today. Trying to keep it real cute, like you know, I, you know, I try, I try, but they were out of chai, so this I just had to settle for my show today. Yeah, it's okay. You make do. You make do. When life gives you lemons or won't give you chai, you just get mashed. So I guess I'm not mad at it. Um, I am a little bit of cabernet. Ooh. Pour me up a slight glass, you know. I just I needed it. This was I had brought a really nice bottle for myself because I 
made a ribeye and I was like, I need a Cabernet to pair it with. And so the residual. I love it. It's giving grown woman. You know, I was just telling my stepmom, I don't know who made us the new adults, but somehow I'm here. You know, I think about that often because like I our generation is so unserious that I who made us accountable for literally anything? I am who As I laugh when you say that. That's how unserious we are. <laughs> That's how unserious we truly are. Like a joke. <laughs> Couldn't even have a straight face. Couldn't. Could not. Could not. But I have an affirmation for us, Tiffany, before we kick things off. I love it. Okay. Okay. So here's my here's our affirmation for this episode. I affirm I am a creative individual. My gifts and talents have made room for me in my respective communities. Each collaborative opportunity is an avenue for abundance and wisdom. Oh, that's good. I love that. I feel like it fits both of us. Yeah, I think so. That's really nice. Yeah. More so you. You're really the like the creative light behind creativity. You know, I, I feel like it's more, like, you're way more creative than you give yourself credit for, I think. Like, this whole thing, this is your brainchild. I'm just here to help connect the pieces and do the logistics. I mean, okay, so l- let's get into it. Because <laughs> here's how Tiffany and I met. Tiffany um, was a student in a program that I was helping to recruit for. She was in her master's program, y'all. She was getting her MFA. And sis was killing it on campus, and we met each other, and we just vibe. We had mutual friends, and I was like, you know what? What are you doing after you graduate? <laughs> that was like, tell me more about what are you going to do after you graduate? I think you were... But like a few months away from graduation? Yeah, like I was like finishing up like um, my thesis and I had like a few months left. So like when we connected, you kind of mentioned the podcast and I was like, I'm just going to be freelancing, like just kind of around. I knew I was going to stay in Nashville, but I wasn't sure like what was going to be going on yet. But once you talked about your show, I was like, girl, I'll, I'll figure it out. Like, but <laughs> this chef's kiss. Oh my gosh. Yes, I mean, you were a whole film student. You literally study film for did, yeah. pleasure, for academic or academia, all those things. Like, you are a true creative. And that's one of the things I want to talk about um, on the show because we know that there's so much going on in the entertainment world. We know that there is the 2023 Writers Guild strike happening right now. Um, yes. This. entertainment is under strife y'all i know a lot of people are consuming a lot of reality tv but written tv written um movies those yeah, things are on a halt right now i don't know if you guys are paying attention but it's serious and so you were one of the masterminds that i was like okay tiffany's gonna be on the show what can we talk about because you know i stand united with the people that are striking um right now and i feel for them because they need their coins they do like and i like i'm very glad that the strike kind of is happening right now because at the end of the day i think like unions play such a big part in like we as people being able to like really fight for ourselves and like our wages and what we deserve um and i think like writers have like for far too long not gotten or receive like fair pay, like anything that they should, because to me, like the writers are the backbone of literally any idea. Um, And like, 
it's writer pay as well. Like I think you learn very early on too, like in film school, very easy. Like if you want to be able to pay it, like afford to feed your family and actually like have a life that you enjoy, don't be a writer. Like that's what you learn. Um, not don't be a writer. But because they're not going to pay you. Like that's just, it's just known. And so I think that again, for such a community that's the backbone of the literal industry, um, a little bit more respect is due. Um, and I think that like, it's, I'm glad it's happening now. I'm hoping that... You can't have a show without show writers. You can't have a movie without a script writer or adaptations no. of books. Nothing. We can't even have award shows. We saw how um, them BET Awards went. <laughs> <laughs> and look, I love them there, but... BET Awards, what happened? Friend, it's just like, people forget that like we need writers for literally everything. So there are no writers to write on a teleprompter. So we have people coming up to present awards just winging it. Because <gasps> there's no one to write the script. And it's not that I got anything against BET, y'all. I just pick you and choose the award shows that I decide to spend my time on. And a lot of times, I don't know the most recent music. So for me, mm-hmm. I'm over here rooting for Beyonce everything. And <laughs> it's a whole bunch of other people that's come after her now. And I'm just like, when did you get here? I'm proud of you. I love the bops. But oh my goodness, I didn't know that happened at the BET Awards. It was so like interesting to see. Because it's like, it's no, like at the end of the day, it's just like, it's no, it's the ta- it's not talent's fault, but they have to kind of just fly yeah. off the seat of pants. But I think that a lot of folks did not, from like a network and studio standpoint, didn't necessarily think through all the perspectives of like the ways that this would look crazy. So I'm very interested to see Christmas special, holiday season era, and like New Year's. Because we, we won't have teleprompter writers. No scripts, friends. So I'm very excited to see how. And I think, too, this also shows with talent, the type of people who are very, very good at hosting and being able to that's true. carry a show without somebody with just a bullet point. Um, but I feel like that's such a lost art now. Um, and so it's, it's entertaining yeah. one way or the other. Very much so. It's going to be entertainment either way it goes, whichever way the pendulum swings. But I think, too, that's another lost art that you talked about was the idea of hosting. I know that when I was in college, I have been pulled to host a few things. I have friends who are like still, shout out to Brittany Artino, one of the best hosts that I've ever seen um, and still hosting to this day in Cleveland, Ohio. Put, put sis on the map, okay? Because right. she is an excellent host to, to do things off improv. And that's exactly what it is. It's improv. Literally. And it's such a special and very specific skill that, like, folks don't realize, too. Like, even in that, like, that's expensive. Like, to know how to, that is a very, like, you have to pay people for that, too. So, like, that is, because that's a very powerful school, the skill that so many people don't have. Like, I'm funny only in conversation. Like, even at, like, as a person that is a writer, like, I can write in a little writer's room and keep it cute and I can't be funny with my friends. But you, if you put me in front of a mic with a stand-up, anything, we all just looking at each other. Because, like, that's just not my lane. And so I, don't, I think this is very much showing, like, who can do what and the importance, I think, of the many different roles that we don't see behind the scenes in industry because it's so much that goes into work of all the things that we love to consume, but everybody should definitely receive the pay that they should receive, like that they are working for. And yeah, I'm, this is, it's, it's been a very interesting few months. So let me ask you this. 
Did you always know you wanted to be a full-time creator or a full-time filmmaker? And I know that now life has kind of shifted for you. And we can talk about that too in terms of the pivots that have to go into a creative lifestyle. But was this always your aspiration? And if so, what inspired you to do it? So really it wasn't. I thought that I was going to go into journalism. Like that's really like all through high school. Like I thought I was going to be a journalist. And then when I got to like to undergrad, it was like right before like the Trump era of politics and journalism kind of started happening. And it was like a weird time to like not have creative control, but also like the way that journalism was like skewed from all sides. It just was a lot. And I was like, it wasn't like, I think in life, I think too, when you're young, you work yourself up to like what you're going to do and you're going to have this career. It's going to be da da da. And then like the, the, the infrastructure of the journalism field changed. And I was just like, Oh my God, like I hate this. And so I was also like an undergrad on a scholarship and for the program specifically. And I was just like, guys, like, wow, like, I love visuals, but, yeah. and I love story, but I initially just always thought it was going to be from a very like factual perspective. Um, but I met this one uh, cinema professor. Her name was like Dr. Michelle Prettyman. Mm-hmm. She became my mentor and like, she was the first black woman with a doctorate in film that I'd ever met. Like mm-hmm. who was able to like, be like, Hey, like, you know, you can still do storytelling that's impactful and it'd be creative. And like it changed my whole world. Wow. And I was like, oh wow, like and like I had been a fan of Spike Lee and like film and all that kind of stuff. Like growing up, my markers for life were films and albums. Like it wasn't like that's how I remember growing up. Like, oh well, this is when I got to see this film, or this is when this came out. Um, so it it I all the markers were there. I think I just I had blinders on because like I think in the black community too, there's this weird concept about starving artistry. And like, oh, you got to be able to feed yourself. And so in my head, too, I was like, okay, like, you can become a good journalism. Like, Soledad O'Brien is right there. But being a good, like, journalist or or being a good, like, film director or being a good film producer as a black woman, I was like, I don't see anybody doing this right now. Because Issa had not hit the scene, like, as big as she had when I was in school. Like, we weren't seeing people being successful. And so I think for me, I was like, okay, well, let's, I got to be able to feed myself. Um, yeah. And so kind of putting that blinder on, but it, I could like all the markers were there for me to be creative in some capacity. I definitely just was not paying attention to it my whole life. I love that. I love that the the path that you had. And then also shout out to all the professors that come into our lives and change our perspectives by being something that sometimes we don't think exists. Um, yes. and that professor was that for you, but I remember going through college and I never thought that I work in film or have anything to do with film, especially me working in a film school. I knew that yes. my best friend had gone to USC to pursue his dreams. And now he is a phenomenal producer in the industry. Um, but then also I was a part of like a film club in college okay. where, um, one of my friends at the time, she is also out in Hollywood. I think she she edits and she writes and does a lot of different things still. Um, probably it. not present day as the strike is going <laughs> on, but that was how I got introduced to film and helping my best friend produce one of his first short films in Cleveland before he left for school. And I was like, you really want to make movies? Like, what in the world? And then I get a job at a film school in Nashville, one of the most creative cities in the U.S. 
and there I meet some of the world's best animators that had ever produced some of my favorite Disney animations, which was crazy to work alongside like a Tom Bancroft, a Tony Bancroft, and you made Mushu, you made Simba. And they're so kind and like down to earth that like, I used to be freaking out or like fangirling a little bit and they're just like, yeah, no, it's fine. It's like, no, I told them, I was like, guys, I'm the weird girl in all of the staff meetings. Like, ooh, look at them. (laughs) (laughs) And they were just, they were so humble and they were so kind to me and they let me do my thing in terms of um, recruitment. But then again, me being me, I remember going to the Austin Film Festival with your program and ended up producing a short film and i never thought that i could do that i didn't know how it could happen and i remember the director of the program being like so you just earned a credit and i was like a credit to go shop where (laughs) (laughs) you said for what store where were we we talking about (laughs) kiana that's not how that works (laughs) company to use a few thousand dollars and invest in students so that they can make a short film for a class and being i I had left a job at the time and ended up coming back just just so that i can watch them film um at one of the mansions in nashville so it was a crazy experience but also like all this sparked from a conversation that i had at a happy hour i was just trying to get some wine Shout out to Bogle Vineyards. Still sponsor the podcast. I, I love Bogle Vineyards. Okay. We love them. Okay. Period. But and that's, like, that's a skill I think too that like, a lot of people don't talk about. Like being able to help find and secure money is a seriously overlooked skill. Like it, that when if you can do that, you can practically do anything. Like I didn't even know that was a thing. Okay. See? You out here. EP and I didn't even know it. I had no clue. And I got my first EP credit and I was just like, oh, nice. Now I'm going to go work in corporate America. And now I'm like, I think I still love film in a lot of different ways. And I respect the industry and still keep in contact with all of my creative friends that I met in Nashville. I feel like Nashville is a creative, like, hodgepodge of people. It is. It's wild. Oh, my gosh. Music City is not just Music City. It's not, like, it literally is just, like, a... I always say that, like, Nashville now feels like Atlanta in the early 90s, like, when Outkast was just finna pop. Like... Oh, come on now. Just because, like, it's such a large and vast scene here, and it's so, like, communal and so... It's so beautiful the way that, like, once you find your folks here, like, you're in. And, like, community is, like, super important, especially, like, as a person of color or a creative of color. Like, that is... Finding community is, like like oh my gosh like it's it's invaluable um and so Nashville is just so beautiful because it's so many different art forms so many different styles so many like smorgasbord like you said of everything but everybody's so supportive everybody knows everybody it's I like it's just it's definitely like one of my favorite cities I think in the country right now you know to be fair I moved overseas and then came back I was a boomerang I was a Nashville boomerang I had went there first and worked at the state, and I was like, oh, no. And I left. <laughs> and then... <laughs> That'll do it. That'll do it. 
and went overseas and then spent part of my time in London and then part of my time in Atlanta. And Atlanta was too busy for me. And I was like, you know what, mom? This is when my mom was still alive. I had a wonderful opportunity to go back home and and live with my mom and split my time between London and Atlanta. And I felt like that was a gift that I didn't know that I needed. And she also told me like, I feel like you were my angel that was coming back to help me when she got when she had gotten sick right before she passed. And that time was so precious to me. Um because I hadn't lived in a house with my mom or my siblings since I was 18, girl. Oh 18. Yeah. That's... And then decided to come back to Nashville. And I was like, of all the places in the United States that I could have gone to, I could have lived wherever. And I wanted to come back to Nashville. And it took me to live overseas. And to go to different places and see, like, they would ask for my ID everywhere. And people would be like, you have a Nashville ID? What? You live in Nashville? And I'm just like, I'm trying to run away from Nashville. Right. I would come right back to Nashville. And it felt definitely like a second home in my adulthood. And so even now living in Chicago, I've just been missing Nashville. Before we even started the podcast, you heard me like. Yeah, this is in Nashville that I just want to pull up to just because I can. Like I right. miss being in Nashville. No, for real. And Nashville misses you too. Oh my gosh! Like I miss you being here. Like it's yeah. Like we definitely feel you being gone. But like you gotta come visit because yeah, it's the city has changed too so much since you've left. It like, always does. Every time I leave and come back, there's something new going on in Nashville. Always, like it's always something happening, something changing. It's more folk. I feel like it's like I feel like artists are always like piling into the city. Like I feel yeah. like there's a new person to meet, collab with, work with, be inspired by all the time. Like I, oh my gosh, uh, I miss that place. Okay, let me ask you this: yes. What can we do to support writers during a writer strike? Like, what can the everyday consumers? of media do in order to support writers? Yeah, I think that it's really important to just, like, voice in a lot of ways, like, if it's on socials or whatever, like, what your favorite shows are and voicing, like, your support of writers and supporting them. And, like, now even actors, like... I've been watching it. You know? You feel me? Like, watch your reruns. (laughs) And, like, too, like, yeah, like, tweet your favorite studios. Tell them, like, how you feel. Let them know what you're thinking. Um... Because, like, at the end of the day, this is, like, a revolutionary and pivotal point for the entire workforce. Um, And so that's one way. Like, see if your favorite writers, like, if you can check out those credits on your favorite shows, check out and see who those writers are. See what else they're doing. If they have any independent work that you can support, any, like, indie films, that kind of stuff. To be Peacock, a lot of times folks will have stuff on those types of sites, too, that they would, and also, like, Amazon Prime, that they get at least a percentage directly that money so like you can get like support their art in that regard or follow them on their socials a lot of writers have patreons and they're writing like short stories or books or all this other stuff too now and selling their work so find out what your favorite writer is doing a lot of them are like doing a bunch of other work to support themselves and their family so just plug in and thanks to everybody like for being a community and being supportive because it means a lot truly like yeah I'm so glad I asked this question because now I'm going to nerd out and really find some of my favorite writers. Like, there are so many shows that I love and champion. And also, I'm one of those people that don't watch a, don't watch a ton of new TV. Like, Dang. some things I do, but more, most times I'm going back to the old that really spark my interest. Like, 
I, anybody who knows me knows I'm a Jamie Foxx stan. Okay. Yes. Oh my gosh. And, so um, and so I've been rewatching Jamie Foxx alongside my puppy while I'm at work. So he watches different shows because <laughs> I don't. I hate that I leave him at home. And so he watch a Jamie okay. Foxx show. We've been watching a different world. Um, Golden Girls. Culture. Um, Come on now. You know what? You know what I mean. Like if he live, if he as as far as me and us and what is what's the phrase? Um, me in this house. That's me in my house. Yeah, as far as that, this house goes, we gonna serve the Lord. He gonna watch black TV. Okay, period. That's he gonna watch shoot. girlfriends. He gonna watch the game. Train I've been watching the game. Train up a child. Yes, you feel me? It's a puppy, but he understands. He has the personality. There you go. And that's that's right there. Was yeah, no dogs do like, and he needs to pick up the correct personality attributes. Amen. Amen to that. We agree. We touch and agree. (laughs) (laughs) But let me say this. We stand with you. Um, Anybody who knows me knows I am also very active in my voice and exercise and my voice and activism. And so for all those who are protesting, all those who are on strike, um, you are not alone. We see you. We're standing with you. We are proud of you. Um, in any way that we can support you, most definitely. Um, Tiffany, at the end of the show, in the show notes, I'm going to put a lot of those tips in our show notes so that people can have a direct way to go. And, and not only if they don't listen this far in the show, but they see the links and they can click on them and they can learn more. There you go. We love it. Come on now. Educating yeah. the public. You know, education. Yeah, it's growing. Like Nobel Peace Prize, y'all. It never stops. It never stops. Education never stops. Be a lifelong okay. learner. Okay. So each one, teach one, all that. Every every bit of it. And so the next topic I want to talk to you about is a little bit adjacent of writing, which is podcasting. The podcast world, yeah. the landscape is changing, and it is ever so present. And one of the things that we've been seeing a lot in this era of podcasts, I like to call it podcast personas. Okay, everybody has a persona. Everybody is speaking for a demographic or a certain type of person that they represent, which is very confusing for the masses. Um, and so it is. for me, you and I had this conversation about, about podcasts. One of the topics that I think millennials are, that has millennials in a chokehold, a serious chokehold, is dating. Y'all, these podcasts, dating um, advice. Bro, everybody and their mama got something to say about how you need to date, bro. Why? Why do they care? That's that's really my question. <laughs> that, that is my question. I want to know, too. Why do they care? And, and are millennials that lost in the sauce where we really don't have any guidance in terms of dating? I think millennials' problem is that they listen to everybody. Like, I think, like, I, I I genuinely just think it's, like, too many voices. Like, to me, like, I always say, like, figure out the person that aligns with what you want and, like, uh, listen to them. But everybody want to listen to everybody. And it's, I think it's entertaining. If anything else, I feel like it's entertaining and also... We are in everybody's business, like, and not even. And it's fun. Really it's, it is fun. It is so it much is fun. fun because the thing about dating, at least 
how I feel it, about it. Guys, you've been on the show with me for six seasons. Y'all know how I feel about dating. Also, you also know that y'all not in my business as well. Because that's my private life. And so for me, for people to open up their private lives, their bedroom, to talk about what it is that they prefer, what they want, things of that nature, I just think it is the perfect definition of shout out to Cardi B, invasion of privacy. Um, I just don't understand why people want to let people into their business. What's your favorite? Let me ask you. What's your favorite dating um, podcast right now to listen to? I got one. My dating, dating. Ooh. What's crazy is like, it's not a dating podcast, but I love Lear and Lionel because they are so funny. What's it called? Like, Lear and Lionel, they're childish. They're jokesters. Oh. Like, I like them because they're not your typical masculine voice. I need to listen to them. Girl. I'm, I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send it to you on uh, Instagram. I'm gonna I'm DM it to you. Please do. Right now, the it. one that is really in my ear a lot is tonight's conversation. Okay. Have you seen tonight's conversation? No, I've heard about. I've heard about it. I ain't seen it yet. Yeah, tonight's conversation. It they have um, a dating card game. They it's about I think once maybe it's a good group of them. It's maybe like six or seven of them where they're all given different perspectives about dating. One woman is actually married. I think another young lady, she's in a relationship. A lot of the men on there, I haven't seen a man in a relationship (laughs) on the show, but they sure do got a lot of opinions. And I feel like men right now, I don't know if anybody's ever told you this. And Tiffany, we talked about that a little bit, but I feel like y'all oversharing way too much. You know, like I just... I, I feel like I feel like the male demographic is one who was never told to be quiet growing up as a at, like in mass. Like I feel like that's a demographic that never got told to shut up, and so they just be talking. They just be talking. It's kind of like a catch twenty two because at some point we all have told a man you need to be more expressive, you need to communicate mm-hmm. more, and now we have these men that are communicating. But my issue is that they don't speak for all men. And so there's so many different types of men, just like there's so many different types of women. So I don't want to stereotype a man based off a conversation that's going on on a podcast for maybe four to five individuals. Um, There's so many different ways that men think. However, I've learned, too, that men aren't that complex and maybe the message is simple. And I think, too, like I would feel differently if it didn't feel like a lot of the podcasts were like an echo chamber of the same conversation. If there were like diverse points of view, perspectives, I might be like, okay, I could see that. I think you're wrong, but I I understand where you're coming from. It's never that. Like, I feel like when it, or it's either like. They have diverse perspectives, but it's all sounds like a different persona. Literally. And it doesn't feel like, oh, these are real people I run into. It's always either this is an internet person or this is real life. It's n- I'm never getting both. They're very much given extremes as well. Um, I just want let's talk about the regular average person. You know what I mean? Not the yes. over the top player, not the hypersexualized woman, not the um 
quiet nerd that is hypersexualized. It's it's all given you know, very much, but it also works because it's a podcast. Exactly. And I think it's like we, like, I think in this era in general, society doesn't do well with nuance. Like, we just are not a society that understands or deals with nuances or like more than one thing being able to be true. That we don't yeah, it's we literally, and I think that's what's so limiting too. Like, it's it's gotta be one thing. Like, if it's men be like, it's gotta be this, or it's women be like, it's gotta, and it's like, it, it, it doesn't actually. I, it could yeah, be a happy weekend, friends. There's this thing that I love that I tell people all the time. It's this crazy thing called duality, where two things <gasps> can exist. In oh my god! Have you heard oh, that? No. Duality? Who would what? have thought? I tell you, that's a word. Who knew that that was a I, word? I tell you, two things can be true at once, and uh, a lot lying. of people are lying. Have a- <laughs> you're, lying. you're lying. A lot of people don't really understand what duality is, or that it can even exist, because it cannot fit into the notion that you think or can consume in your limited scope, but. There are lots of different versions of life. There's lots of different versions of relationships. There's lots of different versions of masculinity, femininity, binaryism, asexualism. Like, there's so many things that can exist at one time. Imagine And it's okay. And it's okay. You're not going to combust because somebody thinks something differently than you. Oh, my God. That is crazy. It's foreign to a lot of people. And one of the it things that I think I've had the privilege of doing is living abroad and watching, I, I like to call it, I watched America sleep while I, while I was awake. Mm. And so I would just watch different things that were happening in America while I was living overseas working. And then on social, <laughs> while the time I'm getting ready to go to bed, y'all are now just getting up. So I'm seeing two different ways of life. I'm seeing my reality and I'm seeing y'all reality. And I'm watching all my friends have a great time. I'm watching everybody live a normal nine to five life in America. Sun up, sun down. While sun up, sun down is a little bit different for me in another part of the world. And it was for an extended amount of time. And so for that, I understood that there are a lot of things that happen in this world that we don't even realize. And it's tiny, tiny scope. Literally. And it's too, like, I feel like also we are, as a society, so used to trying to make something fit that, like, or make something be or forcing something. And I think that tension is really, really good for clicks because I'm a very big proponent for it. Do what works for you. Do what aligns with you. Find who aligns with you. And, like, that's so much less stressful than trying to force anything in any, like, in, in every facet of life. Like, I am convinced that people just like struggle. Because that's all some people know. You know? And I just be like, if you literally just release it, like, it's so freeing and nice to literally just allow what's for you to work for you and what's not to let it go and to not be angry or to not be... Like, I love looking at social media comments because it can be the cutest video and somebody's going to find something to argue about no matter what. Like, it could be the most mundane, not related to the video thing, anything. It could be a video of a baby smiling. And somebody <laughs> is going to be in those comments. Figuring out a way. 
that poor little baby apart. He didn't ask to be on social. He ain't even. He don't even know the handle. You know. But they about him, his mama, somebody like they gonna have something to say. Like people love misery, and, but misery is it's like very profitable. So. It is very profitable. And one of the other things that I love to listen to, well, not even listen, but watch in terms of the comments is um, Justin LeBoy. So Justin LeBoy. (laughs) (laughs) Talk talk about millennials that are unserious. Nothing that Justin LeBoy says is serious. I I think a lot of people feel to realize that, but they really resonate with the content because he be be posting from all sides and they just be going with it. They go with it. And it's so funny. And my favorite thing is look at the comments on Justin LaVoy's page because everybody is feeling some type of way about something that he is unserious about. That man did a Google search of a meme and posted the picture up. And somebody and their cousin are going to throw hands in the comments about it. They tagging people. I love it. I go in there and I just go on a like a spree in the comments. Like I love I, it. The, the best thing I think that social media has done is given us the avenue to see authentic creativity. Shout out again to the writers. Because yes. a lot of times people don't understand that what you're doing in those comments are giving us feed for us to enjoy. Thank you Who so much writers? for that. Truly. Your comedy, okay. your satire, your humor, all of this. Keep it coming, really, it, please. It lightens up my day sometimes. It like I live for the comments on social media. I live for the algorithm to see the people who really liking this stuff and really be feeling some type of way. That's my favorite thing is the algorithm when it comes to Justin LeBoy. Listen, just, Justin, you be having people in a tizzy. Like, <laughs> you be having everybody in a choco. Mr. LeBoy, whoever your PR team is, please, please tell them to hit my line. Okay? <laughs> I'm begging. All right? My handle is no, He's really that, uh, like, you really got to be a goofy person to, like, he's really so childish. Have all of this content because it is. Bro, me. I be cackling at the way, like, like a, he plays all sides of the field. Yeah, he doesn't take a stance, which is what I love because it means that it's definitely just for fun. Literally. And I think what's funnier is, like, people be going to war about it. Like, it's the persona. Also, you have to assume this persona on social media because the thing is, you aren't showing up in totality on social media. None of us are. None no. of us are really on there being a hundred percent ourselves. So with I that, feel like my close friends yeah. is, but like, oh, you're close, absolutely. Oh, for sure. I feel like my Instagram is very, very close, but mine is a stream of consciousness, so it's a little manic. It's a, everybody gets a little confused. So it's it's pretty close, mine is, I will say. And I do apologize for that. So hey. Listen, I I still love you on social in yeah. real life and all of the things. That's real. Thank you. All See, of in between. But and that's what I'm saying. Like all like I just want people to find your niche. Cause yeah. like it's gotta be tiresome to be somebody else all the time. I can't or be like, myself. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I don't know how people do something else because, like, that's got to be, that's got to be really tiresome. Like, or even just portraying your best self at all times is also, like, really tiresome. That's a fact. It has to be really lonely, too, because. Yes. The most, one of my friends was telling me this the other night, but the most perfect thing that you can be is perfectly imperfect. 
And once you own who you are and you can own who you are in totality, mistakes and all, I feel like you just become a freer version of yourself, a happier version of yourself, a more accepting version of yourself. And I think that's where we all have to get to a space to be. It's truly loving ourselves because there's no amount of podcasts about dating. There is no amount of Justin LaBoy posts. There's no amount of any social media feed that's going to make you feel any better about yourself than what you already feel about who you are currently. Literally. And two, I think like when we do that, we also like allow for like the most vulnerable and beautiful aspects of like relationship building, which is like being able to be your truest form and your truest self and allowing people to still decide to love you as a human being, even in seeing your realism. That is the best part of human connection. And like when we put on facades, we rob ourselves of that beauty. Come on, guys. Get with it. Show up, fool. Show up imperfect. Show up as yourself. All them things. If you like Golden Girls, if you like Friends, if you like all the things. First off, I'm not talking to Jennifer Anderson right now because her and Jamie had beef and I... Mm, I'm I crying. Said, you know what? Yeah. I said, I, I tell myself that I'm striking Friends and everybody knows me in my personal life. I'm a no. Friends fanatic. But when you come for Jamie Foxx, I, I never got on the bandwagon. It's so funny. I think I I was raised with a demographic for too long. And it's so, okay. like... I, I yeah. didn't react into but it think, later in my adulthood. Okay, because I was like, wait, I'm not... I never... It never it never cracked on. Like, I never... Yeah, later in my adulthood, it, it feeds the white humor in me that I truly enjoy. Now, Full House? Cool. <laughs> That's a good one. Uncle Jesse, how you doing still? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Hello to you and only you, sir. Listen, come on. <laughs> Have mercy. Okay. The office, another good one. Bro, like, oh my God. The office is another good one. Like, dog. Like, oh my goodness. That right there is the bee's knees. And I'm trying to tell you, if if you are not I used to watch the Golden Girls with my mom growing up, and my yes. mom told me that Sophia was the youngest one, which was crazy because she was the mom. Yes. <laughs> some of the humor still didn't hit me until I was in my thirties, where I'm just like, "Yo, they were wild in Miami, girl. Please. A good time, okay? Again, definitely going to be like." All your writers support all the people who are out here making great content who have written Please. great shows shout out to Issa um because I'm about to start watching Insecure over again because that was always brilliant and shout out to everybody from Black and Sexy TV used to watch that on YouTube hey. in college um Boy, Lover yeah. Friends all of this stuff so oh, I feel like oh my gosh yes that was the Ruby Lover Friends for some time people have been creating for some time and a lot of times you're just now seeing artists but a lot of these talent a lot of these writers a lot of these collaboratives they've been working together for quite some time and right right now they're going through it and i feel like i've been on a journey with them and i want to continue to support you guys and the podcast is out there making personas boom see look at that we love it and the podcast personas. okay so we're gonna do our last call 
So our last call on the show is where we leave a tip to people who we think are trendsetters. Um, we can leave them any type of tip. You know how you tip at brunch? Hopefully you tip at brunch. I know you tip at brunch. Too. I do. So we, we talk about, you know, who we think deserves a tip. Now, this is proverbial money. This money ain't real. So you can tip as much as you want to. Okay. I love it. Okay. Wow. All right. So I, think- okay. I can go first while you think of your tip. Okay. So this episode, my tip of the week is going to go to Coco Golf, who's Here playing in the U.S. Open. Shout out to Coco. And one of the other tips that I want to give this week, well, actually, Coco, you get a you get a 25% tip, okay? You're doing your thing, sis. I'm very proud of you. I've started taking tennis lessons. Um, you are the records for yourself that only Serena or Venus could have done, and then you come trailblazing next. It is amazing to watch you and champion you. But there are some other serious things that are going on in the community. Um, I am also an ally. Um, I like to call myself an ally. Hopefully those who are in community with me call me an ally. But I want to give a specific tip to O'Shea Sibley. He is a professional dancer, choreography, he a choreographer, excuse me. He lost his life on July 29th. Um, he is a part of the LGBTQ, LGBTQ plus community. Um, and in celebration of Renaissance, he was out there giving, living his best life, and somebody senselessly took his life. And so for him, sir, we honor you. You know, I'm going to see Renaissance soon. There's so many people who enjoy Renaissance and share that collective experience with the album and Beyonce. And so it's unfortunate that I have to honor you in this way. I wish that I could have honored you by having you on the show. But I have to make space for you, and I want to make space for you, and I want to honor your life and your legacy. And so I want to give you a 100% tip on the show. I hope that your soul is resting well. You did not deserve. You did not deserve what happened to you. But we lift you up to the light, and now you are our ancestor, so continue to watch over us. And now those are my tips. I love it. Okay. That was good. Okay. Okay, let's see. My tips. This is, wow. This is hard. Oh my God. It's so much that happens in a week. It does. Yeah. Now I was like, wait, okay. Um, wow. Um, first, okay. You, first of all, a, a very, very hearty 25% tip to Keanu Rivers for tearing it up on this podcast. Okay. Like you, you doing your thing. You doing your big one. Very proud of you. Oh my God. Like, awesome. this is amazing. I'm so excited to be able to on this ride with you, like, being able to support you. Like, it means the world to me to watch you blossom and grow. So, as my producer, burr, 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 burr. <laughs> <laughs> these air horns are killing me. <laughs> I'm going to mail you a real one. <laughs> Ma'am, they gonna kick me out where I live. Yeah. Where I go. I'm gonna get you a lightweight one. One of the little. Okay. It's gonna be like a little BB. Okay, I got you. And then I think let's see. It was you know the Queen Beyonce's birthday yes. yesterday. Oh my God, Renaissance has made me literally want to go into live music production, like show production. So Ooh. shout out to my girl. Um, yeah, and then just black women. Bro, oh my God. A tip yes. to all. Shout out to Black women. I hope all of you wonderful Black women have a great day tomorrow. Yes. 
babe, you deserve it. And after that, and the day after that, okay? Stand on it. And there you go. That's my tips. Yeah. Those are good tips. Those are great tips. And then before we close out the show, we like to leave with a brunch spot because this is Bitches Love Brunch. Okay. There's a brunch spot I'm going to put y'all on to here in Chicago. It's like a neighborhood treasure. It's called Melly's Cafe. Um, I have one in my neighborhood. Can't tell y'all exactly where I live, but I have one in my neighborhood and it's called Melly's Cafe and it is bomb. I like to go there, get me a little nice mimosa, plug up my little laptop, do a little work, do a little chit chat. And keep mm-hmm. it real cute in there. So if you're in Chicago, Illinois, check out Melly's Cafe. Okay. I love that. See, now I said I was going to come visit, but now we, when I come, we, we got to slide over there. I have 44 brunch places and running for us to go to. Amazing. I am so excited. Oh, my God. Okay. Let's see. My spot is definitely going to be cinema here in Nashville. Yes. Girl. Black on. Shout out and to Cinema. You know what Shout I'm saying? Cinema. Cinema. And the name itself is like my vibe. Like it's such a, it's such a, it's such a, uh, it's, you guys got to head out there. It's always a very fun time. So that's my spot. Oh my God. I love cinema. I love one of the owners, Q. Shout out to him. He also owns um, Eighth and Roast as well. Yes. So shout out to cinema. The food is amazing. That's actually one of my favorite brunches in Nashville. What? Okay. Because you yes. have a taste. Yes. They yes. have a nice, brunch buffet two floors mm-hmm. mimosas. go pull up and it's like a renovated old it's a renovated movie theater mm-hmm. cinema literally oh my god y'all will see me there if you pull up because boy busting <laughs> well y'all i can't thank you enough tiffany again for joining me on the show everybody you know where to find me you can go on all your podcast streaming platforms, Apple Music, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, um, everywhere it is that you stream, I, I'm going to say iTunes, podcast. We're there. I'm there. My friend's there. Pull up. Also, if you're on social media, follow us at Bitches Love Brunch Pod. Um, shop our merch. We have merch. We have coffee mugs. We have water bottles. We got to keep it real cute for the girls. And so more merch to come soon. But thank you again. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend about Bitches Love Brunch because we really do. Tiffany, any last things that you want to share? Where can people find you? Do you want them to find you? Yes. Um, I am only on Instagram and my Instagram handle is at Tefeli underscore. So T-I-F-F-E-L-I underscore. Um, you can find me on there. Follow me. I talk back. So hit me up. Always looking to make friends. Sis, you know? big talk back too. And I mean, a lot, a lot of great things to come back with you. I'm just, that's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. Bye. <laughs>